The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Round Ball Ramblin'. That's right, Round Ball Ramblin'. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out the fine folks of HoopBall, as I literally always say, on Twitter, at HoopBallTweets, online, hoop-all.com. Uh, you know, it's the Friday weekend weekly wrap-up. We missed the week. That was all on me, but we get in the back. I got my friend Will Harris, regular uh, well, we'll be regular guest on here popping up, but Will, you can follow on Twitter at William is Bill. I mean, the best thing to call him is a hoop ball vet. He's on a bunch of shows. I've heard on him box score breakdown. I've heard him on some of the team specific pods. Uh, you know, he's up here with me right now and, 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 and we'll be uh, on for the, for the wrap up. So in general, Will, how you been? I've been great, Corbin, man. Good to, good to see you. Good to be with you again. You know, I missed you last week, so I'm glad to be back on the show with you. You are the busiest man, hardest working man in podcast entertainment. Oh my gosh, bro! That <laughs> I appreciate you for saying that. Wow, that I appreciate that, man. It's <laughs> it's fun, but man, that that means the world. Thank you, bro. But yeah, man, yeah. I'm glad I missed having you on last. I remember saying that too. I'm like, there was no wrap up. I don't even think I did a show last Friday, which is crazy. <laughs> I was prepping for one. My computer's been working against me. It's been fun, but. Uh, guess what? The NBA worked in our favor. It made up for that lost time with some real, real news to dig into. Uh, and that being, of course, the James Harden trade happened two days ago. But yeah, everybody know about it. But we're going to break it down from Will's perspective. Uh, mine, we're going to go back and forth. James Harden forced his way out, finally got packing when he told Houston they weren't good enough, which, you know, hurt some feelings and got him packed. Uh, Houston just got the mother load. I think they basically control Brooklyn's uh, first Brooklyn's draft. Uh, for the next like seven years, but they have the 2022nd Milwaukee first round pick from Cleveland. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, Brooklyn's 2022nd, 20, 2024, and 2026 first rounders, and they have pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. That's just the draft capital. They also picked up Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and Rodion's Kurucs. Um, Victor Oladipo from Indiana, and then Dante Exum um, from Cleveland, along with Kurucs from the Nets. Yes, Indiana and Cleveland were involved in this. Indiana received Karis LeVert and the 2024 Cleveland second-round pick, while Cleveland, for their trouble, received Jared Allen and Torian Prince from Brooklyn. So that massive trade happened. All these teams impacted. Will, what was your initial take, first, when James Harden said what he said to really get this ball rolling, but second, in terms of the trade and, and how it impacted these teams? I mean, to me, it was it was a big wow moment. It was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it happened. You know, we've been waiting for it this whole time. And it finally happened, and it came fast and furious. You know, uh, when James Harden said his statement, you know, he's saying his team wasn't good enough to win. He's giving the city all he could give. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, that's no big deal. But then when John Wall came out and was like, no, like, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. having that. And I was like, okay, all right, John Wall. I wouldn't expect anyone to say anything. And so he spoke up. I was like, okay, now this this raises my attention. And then Boogie came out and said something. So then oh, it's yeah. like, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay, it, this ain't going to be pretty if he stays in Houston. So then he was traded right away. And uh, I think I think Brooklyn, I think they kind of panicked. 
but I still think it's a good move for them because, I mean, and, and the reason they panicked is because of Kyrie, I believe, because <laughs> Kyrie, he went Kyrie on them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he went Kyrie on them. <laughs> he took his little leave of absence, you know, and then he's at a birthday party and, and the team doesn't know where he is. And I, mm-hmm. I think Brooklyn was like, okay, we just need to go ahead and lock this down and get Harden because we don't know what's going to be up with Kyrie. So I think they needed to do it. I, I don't think the picks are going to hurt them too bad as long as they ball out. You know, maybe in 2027, they'll give up a bad pick. But from now, for the next four or five years, I think they should be good. It was it was just, you know, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, man, I wish I was doing a pod right now because this is amazing. Right. <laughs> what did you think about it? I, yeah, I mean, I my eyes were kind of opened when uh, initially um, – you know, James Harden made those comments. I was like, that sounds like someone who definitely is going to take a leave of absence from the team real soon. Uh, you know, just the team saying, hey, it's best to, like, put you aside while we kind of figure out what happens. But then once uh, John Wall and, and um, DeMarcus Cousins reacted, I was like, oh, heck no, nah, it's, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, he's out. Um, there's no way that they're going to let this sit because he said all the right things that, you know, and Houston said at the beginning, we're willing to let this be uncomfortable. Okay, initially, fine. You know, it is awkward for everyone, but this was the level of animosity. Yeah, I said that right. Animosity. There you go. Animosity. Oh, my gosh. Automatopia, alphabet, animosity. Um, That was, like, just even a gear up from the from the Jimmy Butler fiasco. In terms of, yeah, the locker room is already a mess. And you have – I felt really bad for them because you have guys who are really just trying to get – a second chance, or in the case of head coach Steven Silas, a first chance. You know, his first time as a head coach, and this is what he has to deal with. It's ridiculous. Then you have guys like John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, who have extensive injury history the last couple of years, have been just a shove of players that they were in years past. They're just trying to get back up and make a name for themselves uh, and, and just kind of restore their own value as players. You have, you know, young rookies. You have older vets. It's a mess. You didn't need that dysfunction that James Harden was bringing, and he was just submarining them. So, I'm glad a deal happened. I was really, really on board with Philadelphia only because I thought that made more sense, you know, having, and we talked about this before a couple weeks back, I think in terms of having uh, the blueprint being, okay, you have a a elite shooting guard and a top flight big man in in Embiid and how those two work well together than you would with, I mean, what we have right now, which is uh, who like, I guess is a common refrain, but like Kyrie, KD, and Harden, and yes, in 2K, that might work wonderfully. It might, it might in it. I mean, I'm not playing. Anybody who plays 2K and they pull up the nets, I, I'm, 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 I'm ducking real quick. I don't even care. Um, But, like, it's it, this almost reminds me of, and, and a lot of this isn't a perfect analogy. I get it. But last year with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, like, you're friends. You know, you worked well together at one point, so you think that it can happen again. But in the years since you all played together, your styles have not only um, diversified, but they've also crystallized. You know, Harden was a lot more of an off-ball player, a lot more of a movement guy, a lot more of a facilitator than he is now where it's exclusive to pick and roll in isolations. You know, it's totally different now the way he plays than the way he played in 2012. Um, You could say the same with KD and Kyrie being who Kyrie is. Like, the fit isn't exactly perfect. It's going to take a lot of buy-in. And the problem is initially, of course, the buy-in is going to be there. They're friends, you know? I look at it very much like I just said with Harden and Westbrook. Like, they wanted to buy in. They wanted to make it work. But you know, at a, at a certain point, I really think it's going to reach an end game where I am who I am now. And either we're going to, you know, try to force this square peg through the round hole or we're going to have some issues because uh, this is what we know. Yeah, you know, uh, and uh, James Harden had his uh, introductory 
uh, interview today and he said all the right things. He said, you know, they're going to make it work. It could take a while. It could, you know, work right away. But he said they're going to be unselfish and, you know, do whatever's best for the team. That's good to hear him say. I, I hadn't heard mm-hmm. him talk like that in a long time. But, you know, once it gets to the court, will it happen? And then once again, you know, uh, Kyrie is the wild card. So and most people would say he's probably the third wheel here. And and he's yeah. not going to like that. I mean, he didn't like being the second wheel to one of the top two players of all time. So he's not going to like being the third wheel, you know, in this offense. But it's just I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I'm actually glad Philadelphia didn't make the trade, you know, because I know you wanted them to. I, I mm-hmm. don't think they should give up on Ben Simmons this early. You know, he's an all-defense, all first-team all-defense. You know, he's a, uh all-NBA player, all-star, 22 years old. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't think – I still think they need to make a move, but I'm glad they kept Ben Simmons. I know you disagree with that, though. <laughs> I mean, you right. I, I get where you're coming from, and I just, I guess, I worry about the ceiling. Like, are they? A ch- I, I, I don't see Philadelphia just at all in the next couple of years, unless Brooklyn completely disappears and Giannis all of a sudden loses like five inches and in all his superpowers. I just don't see how. <laughs> I just don't see how the Philadelphia 76ers are like a legit, legit finals contender. You know what I mean? They're up there. They'll be there. But what's the ceiling for it? And yeah, I know I'm not super, super high on them. And it's clearly showing because, you know, Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid, both those guys, top 20 players. So I get it. I just don't see how you build around them in an optimal way, especially with the way that Simmons comes and goes in terms of aggressiveness. And I just saw a clear ceiling, albeit a much shorter window, when you had Harden and Embiid than when you haven't beaten Simmons. I think something still has to give there. So I get where you're coming from, and I guess I do agree to a certain extent. I'm just, let's just say, much less optimistic about it than you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially Mm -hmm. now, they're going to have a a really hard path to get any winning done now because, I mean, it's a lot of loaded teams right now in the East. So they would be at maybe fourth, fifth seed at best. And, I mean, if the Nets click, it's going to be really hard to ever compete with them. And uh, I do agree with what you said about the whole friendship thing. I think, you know, it looks good, but once you get there, you know, and if you're losing, going up through ups and downs, the friendship can fracture. I've already heard, you know, rumors of KD and Kyrie having a little issue already. And I mean, wow. they're, yeah, they're best friends. They came there to play together. And, you know, that's the last it's, thing they need. It's, right. Fraction already like that, that, that's not going to be good. And I mean, they already, they think because DeAndre Jordan's their buddy, <laughs> that's the center they want, but they really yep. traded their best center to Cleveland. Yep. And that, I think that was a bad move. I mean, if you saw the last few games, Kyrie and Jared Allen were uh, having some great chemistry together, but I guess friendship trumped that too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the players, the players controlling the team is going to probably hurt the team also. Because right now they have nine players. They're going to have to bring in two or three more players uh, in the next week. I wonder if they're going to say, hey, bring my other friends in here, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. You said it. When uh, The players are the players, the GM is the GM. And when those two have to coincide, rarely does that work well. I mean, we've seen even one of the greater player GMs in NBA history, LeBron James, have some misfires there. <laughs> right, right, so, right. So, yeah, I'm right, there. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like, by no means is that a lock that, you know, it's going to be fine. And especially when, like you said, 
and this is a great point, and we're going to kind of transition using this, you let go of your best center, someone who not only was mobile, but had great chemistry with Kyrie Irving, was playing really well, is your young piece, you know, that is going to be there a lot longer than DeAndre Jordan is. I mean, not only just, or presumably was going to be a net a lot longer, but going to be in the NBA a lot longer than Jordan is. You let go of him and totally just submarine your future in that way because you've already sent all your draft capital to Houston. So you have no... You know, young, promising players like that. You have no picks, and you're all of a sudden thin up front. And now I guess we can kind of go to Cleveland, who, you know, they acquire Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Torian Prince, I would imagine, is kind of like the tax for taking Jared Allen, just that additional contract. But I don't really see an issue there if I'm Cleveland because, one, you know, he's still going to be a decent kind of fill-in player for us. He's only 26 years old. And, two, between him, the Sexton backcourt of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Porter Jr., we have all these guys. We're definitely going to go and retain Jared Allen. Moving forward, you know, we have the foundation potentially of the next good Cleveland Cavs team right here, right now. Yeah, and they still have Drummond, who, you know, uh, I don't yeah, know if he's... you saw his <laughs> – well, I don't know if you saw his box score tonight. He had 33 points and 23 rebounds. Yes. That's crazy. Listen, so. <laughs> that is – that is – I if I'm Cleveland, I want to see what you think about this, but I would shop him at the trade deadline. I just don't see oh, you him, have to. him back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and with numbers like this, I mean, come on now. Lee, he could help somebody, you know, you get off some salary, get off the hump, you know, for a playoff spot, whatever the case may be, uh, for this year. And then he goes into unrestricted free agency next year or this upcoming season. Whatever happens, there happens. But you have to. I mean, he's giving you great production, and you have your turn of the future in Jared Allen right now. Yeah, definitely, because he's going to want upwards of $20 million next year. And uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for him to get that anywhere, but – you know, someone that thinks they're a center away will probably take him, and you'll have to take that trade because you have your, you know, your your team is built for the future, and so you get a young piece and a draft pick, and I mean that's just gonna make Cleveland even more competitive, you know, for the future. Yeah, yeah, I I believe you on that. It's gonna be interesting to see how that works out, but I think that they are a winner in this deal because now they have someone that fits where they'll be going in the future and i mean all they do is part ways with a pick a first rounder that wasn't going to give them a whole lot being that it was from milwaukee and a second rounder as well like that's really good return uh for a center like jared allen and then going to indiana this is interesting for them because you know they go and they trade victor oladipo and then they acquire um karis lavert a guy who they originally drafted back in 2016 and it is funny because you know oladipo apparently had turned down a, a contract extension um, you know, it was clear that he wanted to move on. He played it, but actually played a good soldier about it after the hijinks during the offseason about him wanting to leave and whatnot. But he sent, and in return, you have someone in Karis Avert who's 26. You have him um, long term, uh, moving forward for like the next three seasons. He's someone who can definitely fill it up. You know, consistency is kind of weird in terms of his shooting, but he's a sneaky good distributor, uh, someone who can play on ball alongside this team. And I like his fit um, with Malcolm Brogdon and alongside DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. I think as a shooting guard, he's a better fit right now better player maybe you know in, in the in the future than victor oladipo at their stage of their career I, yeah i 100 percent agree um and they have him secured for three years and oladipo was more than likely gonna walk so i love i think indiana was definitely winners in that trade i loved it uh i think he'll fit right in he's not a you know big time uh seeming like he's not a big time uh you know uh, what's the word I'm looking like for? Blue, like stud, like blue tart, yeah, right. blue chip. I mean, yeah. Like I know he doesn't have a foundational yeah, piece a, type thing. Right, right. He's he's like just a perfect piece. He's not gonna have the ego. He's not gonna be like, oh, I want out. You know, I want a bigger role. 
He's just a young, you know, great talent. And I think he yeah. could progress into, you know, he might not be an all-star, but he can be borderline. And I, and that's just because the team is so good. He's not going to get to shoot as much as he wants. But I really love his talent, and I think that was a great trade for Indiana. I agree. I agree. It's going to be nice to see how he works well alongside this Indiana team that is spreading the ball some, that is moving it a lot more, you know, creating more spacing in that way. Um, watching him flourish with that squad is going to be good. And someone who could step up, I mean, he's still just 26. He has a lot more uh, game left to be uncovered, and he'll have the opportunity now when he's not playing alongside guys like KD and Kyrie. He can really spread his wings and, 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 and see kind of the extent of his uh, ball playing capability. So I, I'm very intrigued by this. But let, let me ask you this real quick, uh, kind of closing out, I guess, the trade portion of it. If you had to go between – oh, no, we got one little last thing to talk about here. I was going to say winners and losers mm-hmm. jumped the gun there. But what do you think about Victor Oladipo in Houston? Because that's an interesting one that yeah. I mean, it's understated, I want to say, because it almost slipped my mind. Like Houston got the pick <laughs> they wanted. They didn't get the young player they wanted, but they got someone in Oladipo who can fit alongside you know, John Wall in the backcourt. Someone who's an um, unrestricted free agent at the year's end. So Houston can decide whether they want to retain him, whether – free agency is the best decision, whatever the case may be, they kind of have that option there. And he can kind of mesh with this team that's going to be scrappy, trying to set a new identity for themselves. I, I think it's a pretty decent fit all around, but I mean, I, I want to see where, where you're coming from on the angle of his fit there, because that's the one thing that like is going to be talked about more. It has been talked about some, but I don't think has really gotten the level of intrigue that obviously Brooklyn has to a lesser extent. Indiana right. has and even Cleveland has. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they should should have kept Karis LeVert, in my opinion, because you had you would have yeah. yeah him and Christian Wood are around the same age, so you could have kept him on the team, and he's at a good contract, got him for three years, and he could have grew with the team, and then all those other draft picks you draft around. Oh, with Oladipo, I'm hearing different reports. Are they going to keep him and sign him to a big deal, or did they make the trade for him to have an expiring contract and then flip him and trade him again? So I think they may see how he plays with the team. And if he's looking like not the all-star, just, just you know, maybe 18, 5 and 5, I don't know if they're going to pay him $30 million for that. So <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do. I don't think anyone knows. But I know, you know, he's better on defense than Karis LeVert. But I would have kept Karis LeVert if I was Houston. I agree. I think this is why this is at least my mindset. I mean, for one, you're right. I, 15, 5, and 5 is nice looking numbers, but not 30 million, especially when you're 28, as Oladipo is. Um, and then also, I think the reason why Houston made this, because I thought the exact same thing. Why would you not get someone who's younger and fits immediately alongside uh, Christian Wood and, and, and kind of form the foundation of this Houston team? I think Houston doesn't know where they want to go right now. Right. And by making this move, especially with Tillman Fertitta and the tax and everything there, you go from a guy in Kyrus Levert who you have for the next three years, you know, locked up. And then you go with some more flexibility that you have now with a guy that can help you at least a semi-competitive, playing game worthy, maybe AFC type deal. And you can, you know, if, if things don't work out or let's say you just want to go cheap, uh, you can let him go at year's end. Whereas a Kyrus Levert, you know, yes, he can fit alongside Christian Wood. Not makes sense if you're looking to kind of form the foundation to be a contending team or, you know, to really start the rebuild on a fly while staying competitive. But maybe that's not what Houston wants to do. It, it clearly isn't. So, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you, you're kind of tied down when you're paying John Wall 40 something million a year, you know. So I don't think they're going to pay Victor Oladipo close to 30. So I, I think they're going to try to trade him 
at the deadline and then probably get another pick or so and just go for the full rebuild like OKC. That's all I can think of. And one more thing about, uh, well, Houston, they got uh, P.J. Tucker. He'll probably get traded also. Uh, I'm sure they would want to trade Eric Gordon, but I don't think anybody's going to take his contract. Yeah, Eric, Eric, I don't think so. P.J. Tucker probably more so, but Eric Gordon, I mean, he's been injury-ridden. He's injured now. His play's declined over the last year and some change. And, you know, with that juxtaposed with the injuries that we just mentioned, I mean, I, I don't see him going. That extension they gave him was the stupidest thing I can remember. Stupidest thing. Stupid decisions. Like, what were yeah. you doing? You were betting against, you were bidding against yourself for a player yep. that you could easily have, and you can't get a, can't get rid of him to save your life. Yeah, I, I mean, I nobody was that touching was a, that. I wonder if that was a James Harden thing. You know how he got all his people in that he wanted, and I wonder if he was like, okay, pay Eric Gordon too, because I mean, that was a very, you know, head scratching move. I mean, I, yeah, I would want to say that, except for the fact that they didn't get P.J. Tucker. And P.J. Tucker's a lot more of a James uh, of a James Harden boy, you know, in terms yeah. of get, getting him security. And they said, oh, no, we can't do that. But we'll go and pay uh, Eric Gordon this ridiculous contract. You know, I mean, I think yeah. it was just so dumb. And now you're right. You're kind of locked in with him. That's what I mean. Like, Houston can kind of play this with Oladipo. They can sell it as, hey, we still have a competitive roster on the floor. Victor Oladipo, you know, former all-star, all-NBA player, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then the year, at the end of the year, we can just let him go and move on without trying to say, oh, yeah, you know, really committing to Christian Wood and Karis LeVert and moving forward. It has to be purely a financial ploy because I don't see how Victor Oladipo turned down the money he turned down from Indiana. And is all of a sudden going to be like, okay, cool, I'll take that same amount of money in Houston. He's going to want more. He probably has a set price of what right. he wants. And Definitely. if you're not willing to go and take Karis LeVert and you have the choice to do so, you obviously value that flexibility a lot more than you do a young player or a semi-young player, if you will. Right, 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 yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I hate it for John Wall because I would have liked to see him finish a full season being healthy with James Harden because clearly with him and Russ, they made it to the playoff. So, you know, it could have been a potential for him and John Wall to make it to the playoffs and then they have better talent with Christian Wood and who knows if Boogie's going to return to a semblance of his old self. But um, now it's, he's just on the team to rebuild and, you know, it's no hope for the playoffs now for John Wall. I mean, unless Oladipo stays and, you know, plays like an all NBA player, maybe possibly, but I doubt it. Yeah, exactly. I don't see it either. I don't see it either, man. So real quick, closing out the James Harden trade deal uh, between the Rockets, the Nets, the Pacers and the Cavs, who are your winners, and if you have any, who are your losers? Well, I think all teams are winners except for the Rockets, actually. There you go. Oh, and I know. Really? <laughs> Get yes, that hot because... take, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they banked it on the picks. Like I said, I mean, I don't think they're going to keep Oladipo. But, if you know, if they don't keep Oladipo, you got a bunch of first-round picks that are more than likely in the 20s. And picks in the 20s normally take, if they make your team, two to three years to develop into the player you want. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's tough for me. I would have went another route because if this dynamic in uh, Brooklyn works, those picks are not valuable at all. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I, I The only reason why I have any hope about it being halfway decent is that if I look into the future, I mean, when some of these picks start to convey – these guys are going to be older. You know what I mean? Uh, Durant, late 30s. Uh, um, 
Harden late thirties or Irving enough of the thirties to count. We don't even know where he's at right now, you know, in terms of long-term basketball future. So I think there's a yeah. chance. And because you don't really have any ways of leveling up now, you're going as far as those players currently under contract take you. And who knows in two years, they all could be off that team. And then, uh, you could be just immediately bomb of the barrel. So I think there's some hope there, but I definitely see where you're coming from for sure. And yeah, I think that in not getting Karis LeVert, that kind of hurts you. Um, but I like the draft picks. I mean, as they go, I wish they had gotten more for Harden, but I think Harden successfully forced his hand enough that they just kind of had to take what they could get. And I mean, they got somewhat of a, of a, of a decent haul, I suppose. I mean, I don't really have any <laughs> negative... Um, like I don't have any negative losers for any of them. I think each of them won in different ways. I I agree with you. Though. I would knock Houston a little bit more for not getting more for Harden. I mean, most of it is picks in Victor Oladipo. And think about it. This is something I heard on this different podcast. But Victor Oladipo went, you know, he's traded for Paul George. You know, <laughs> then yeah. uh, and then from that point he's going over to um what now for. James Harden and some picks. Karis LeVert straight up. Because he was traded to um, Oklahoma City for Serge Ibaka, basically. Yeah. No, that was yeah. – that was um, yeah, Orlando. Trade to o- Serge yeah. Ibaka. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, so he's moved around a few times, and it's been interesting to see kind of where he's valuable. Right now, I guess he's worthy of Karis LeVert. And I'm saying if that's all you can get for a top seven NBA player right now, eh, James Harden this year, I'd say like top 11. Like, he hasn't been great. He has some good games, but he's been great this season. But, like, I, I, I agree with you. There, there should have been a little bit more of a haul. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it's just going to be very interesting. Uh, ah, man. <laughs> this NBA season, I tell you, what can you say? What can you say? <laughs> yeah, you, 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 yeah. I mean, literally, you, this only thing to say is that there's nothing. Like, it's crazy how much has changed, how much is moving about. In fact, let's kind of move on to our next topic here, and that's about how much has changed. We don't even know what kind of games we're going to get from day to day. And the reason why is because, obviously, COVID-19, there seems to be no end in sight uh, for all these delays. The NBA, uh, as we're recording this on the 15th, they postponed today's uh, Timberwolves-Grizzlies game. So that makes it 13 scheduled games that have now been called off. And I'm going to take a moment here, take a deep breath first, whew, and get to reading. Totally, mm-hmm. we've had, from December 23rd, remember, f- first what first official game, Oklahoma City Thunder versus Houston Rocket, called off. Then, on the 10th, Miami Heat versus Boston Celtics, New Orleans Pelicans versus Dallas Mavericks, Boston Celtics versus Chicago Bulls, Utah Jazz versus Washington Wizards, Orlando Magic versus Boston Celtics, Atlanta Hawks versus Phoenix Suns, Washington Wizards again versus Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors versus the Suns, Memphis Grizzlies versus the Timberwolves, Indiana Pacers versus the Suns, and then the two-game set of the Cleveland Cavs against the Wizards. Now, the reason I'm all out is because you see a few teams I mentioned two, three times, Wizards, the Suns, you know, the, the Hawks got in there. And the reason why is because it feels like, more than likely, you know, players are starting to get some of this sort of... um contact tracing, someone's testing positive, uh, you know, coming in close contact with players because, of course, they are in terms of how close they are with them. And now games are being moved aside. You unfortunately had the bad news of Carl Anthony Towns announcing that he was positive with COVID-19 after the tragic loss of seven of his family members over that same virus this past year. And it's insane 
just the amount of games and, and, and players that have been sick. The Wizards have not played almost a week and change, and they do not seem to be playing anytime in the future because Tommy Shepard came out and said, hey, we've had nine people, you know, with contact tracing and six who tested positive, and that's half a roster, I mean, in terms of active, regular players in a rotation, and it's hitting everyone. It's just this massive rash of postponed games, postponed games because of the, the virus that's been unleashed in the NBA. And, you know, the NBA for their part, said they don't plan on, you know, canceling the season, not canceling the season, but pausing the season or anything, that they expect it to be something like this, whatever the case may be. But I'm just, I don't even know where to go with this because I said yeah. take a two-week break, whatever has to happen, happen, because right now the quality of the, of the product on the floor is going to be bad. And the reason why is because you're not going to have the players that you want to have on there because – they're out because of the unfortunate COVID-19. So I, I throw it to you. I don't really have a great, um, like, a bubble idea or a zoning idea, or I don't really have a solution. So I turn to you, Will, to ask you, what do you think about, first, everything that's going on with COVID-19 and how it impacts the NBA? And secondly, what, if any, solutions do you possibly have to try to save any of this? Well, it's great you had me on the show today because I have the perfect solution. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Okay. Tell us all. But see, okay, since they're not really fans in the stands, I don't think we should be traveling from state to state to state to state, 30 teams doing that. I think there should be, you know, maybe eight arenas we're playing in and eight different states maybe. And you, you get your little divisional games played here. Everyone's in the same vicinity. So you're not flying all across the country every, you know, two, three, four times a week. I think that's something like that's going to have to happen. Players clearly are not going to go for the bubble again. Most of them hated it with a passion. And, you know, they already like you heard George Hill. He's like, he's like, you're not going to have me just staying in the house, you know, like I'm a kid. okay? so they're going to want to be out. So if they're going to want to do their own thing, at least have them, you know, in city, you can have them in states that don't have as rampant COVID. You know, like, if, there's no need to be in New York. You know, you can be in smaller states, you know, kind of bubbleized mm-hmm. to where it's, it's not so drastic to where everyone has the risk of, if you go outside your hotel, you can get COVID. It's not like that in, uh, in like, North Carolina or, you know, Iowa or something like that. So, I mean, if something like that happens, I think that would help a lot. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's been a crazy year. It's going to continue to be a crazy year. I've heard, you know, people saying, why don't they stop it for two weeks or That's three weeks to yeah, get everything? Exactly. Yeah. And I heard uh, Brian Windhorse, you know, he's the NBA insider, said they can't do that because at the time when this happened, it was like two teams that were having games postponed for a little while. And it was like because the virus isn't going anywhere in the, you know next four or five months probably so what happens the next time when three or four teams get it you can't keep postponing the league every time there's an outbreak so and they said that's why they can't do that this time but um when he said that that was a few weeks ago it's gotten even worse now so like i was all for that i was like oh that makes sense but it's getting to the point where it's like okay you may need to take two or three weeks off but once again, not being in a bubble, you could take two or three weeks off and those and the players that don't have it could still get it not playing basketball. So Very it's really true. it's really a mess right now. That is true. It is such a mess. And I mean, it's obviously a scary thing. COVID-19 is no joke. Uh, you, we've seen 
people all over unfortunately catch this people lose their lives to this like it's nothing to play with in general but even in terms of the basketball side as, as weird as the transition to that you know not knowing who's available night tonight because someone got contact tracing or someone uh, you know tested positive for it and then you know opening up roster spots having players having teams of eight players available you know to play and and it, it's been rough it's been it's been rough i mean and and you're right like they knew this was going to happen Players, like you said, were not a big fan of the bubble. I think LeBron even like said like some PTSD about it because I'm sure it is it is different being away from friends and family, isolated in the area. Uh, doesn't matter how much money you have, that's that's a lot kind of to go through. At the same, yeah. I don't know. It, it's a lot, man. It's yeah, lot. Uh, it, it's gonna be a struggle to make it through the season. You know, I was surprised the NFL, you know, has made it through the season, but they did, and they have a lot more players. Uh, so they made it, but I think one thing the NBA is going to have to do is they're going to have to expand the rosters and maybe if they're going to continue flying, you know, state to state, you may need, they say you got to have eight players on it to fill the team. You might need mm-hmm. eight players on one plane, eight players on another plane. And then once you get to the facility, you know, you get your test results or whatever and be like, okay, one of them has it. All those eight are out. You still have eight players to play a game. And I mean, it's a huge disadvantage. You know, your team, you know, your team's gonna be, you know, depleted. But that way, you wouldn't have to, you know, cancel the game, postpone the game, something like that. And like, you know, I think teams are having 15 players. You might have to open that up to 18 or 19 players, something like that. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, that doesn't sound like the worst idea, man. I mean, it's you're right. Like, it, it's unprecedented times, unprecedented measures for sure. Uh, wow, I just hope that things do get better sooner rather than later. In general, I think everyone kind of wants to go back to a, a normal uh, way of life or whatever that is, even though this does seem to be like the new normal. But especially when you have things like this where games are postponed and you go on League Pass and you have like a eight slate of games, you really only have a three slate of games because five of them are gone. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, and yeah, hopefully the NBA is right on their on their gamble that things will smooth out enough that they can continue to move forward. But it's going to be something to monitor moving for moving on as as we do. Yeah, and I mean, I know uh, the NBA probably doesn't care about fantasy, but, you know, it's killing fantasy uh, oh my players God. owners, you know. Like, I, you, I, you I, have a full lineup, and then yep. next thing you know, you have, like, one or two players playing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm light years ahead, though. You can't uh, have to worry about who's available when you suck either way, and that's my fantasy team, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so so we all the way good. But um, real quick, before I let you go, man, any uh, other NBA topics, anything you thought of uh, – Last week that you want to bring to the table, I, I I've just been I don't know. Wow. Well, it's it's been a crazy week. Um, I'm glad Porzingis is back. You know, uh, he's been gone for a while. You know, I, I I'm glad to see he came back tonight. Had 15 and 10. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's good to see them working the big man back. And Dallas's chances in the West are gonna be better. Uh, it's amazing. I have to commend your boy LeBron James. You know, in the season of you know, resting, COVID, you know, protocols. He's playing every game. You know, they're so good that he doesn't have to play like 40 minutes a night, but he could be resting and taking it as, you know, we won championship. We had the smallest break. I'm not playing every other game or whatever, but he is balling. He is showing why he is one of the greatest of all time. So I think he deserves, you know, round of applause. I mean, that's it's, it's really incredible. 
Yeah, no, shout out to him. You're right, you're right. It's, it's something else to see. Uh, next week, come on, bring your MVP conversation to the table because I'm not going to talk about the MVP race three weeks into the year, but I'm going <laughs> to talk about it four weeks into the year. <laughs> okay, okay. So, hopefully we good, have man. no more. Hopefully have no more players like Jason Tatum get COVID because I mean I think he's having an amazing year. Um, so I would hate for any other other of our top stars to get, you know. COVID protocol, whatever, have to sit out a week or so and hurt their causes. So we'll see. Hey, Fingers we most – yeah, we most definitely will. This might be something we're talking about for a while to come, uh, sadly. So, yeah, that's – you're right. You want to see less of it for sure. But I, I can bet you that we definitely will be talking about it next week. Um, and Cor- well, quick, Corbin, um, Corbin, one more, yeah. one more thing. Okay, what do, you, what do you think about the Nets' chances to win the championship? I know you're a Laker fan, but what do you think the chances are? after this trade. <laughs> okay, I guess that comes down to this. I'm going to throw three teams at you. I'm going to answer your question with a question and see what right. you think about this here. So you have, let me see, off the top of my head, you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have the Bucks. Who of those three are the Nets better than? I think they can be better than the Clippers. I do. And I think they they are probably equal to the Bucks. I think that could be, that can go seven, and okay. you know that with KD healthy, they should be able to win that. But it could okay. go either way. Okay, so, so but you the, say it's Lakers, <laughs> then you think maybe Nets. I think so. All right, because listen, I'll give them like a higher chance for sure, but your big man rotation is severely depleted now you're relying on a much thinner bench now you do not have the service dispenser Dinwiddie for the year and you have the hope that everything works out well between um james harden kyrie irving wherever he may be and (laughs) kevin durant so i just think there's too many questions in there that we don't know for sure and even at top talent i do think that they're thin in the back and thin up front so i would say lakers first then I would say Clippers would give them a hard time. Um, so I'm not sure. I'd probably put Clippers maybe on par just ahead of the Nets. I would put the Nets ahead of the Bucks though because uh, Bucks are an interesting team, but I think that the Nets have a lot of talent, especially offensively. Those will be some fun games. Uh, Nets, I, all those teams I mentioned are going to be some fun games to watch. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I was just thinking the, the Bucks have the one, the two, and the three that can match up with them. Uh, the Clippers, you know, Beverly's not going to do it on offense. They got they got the three defenders. Beverly's not going to do it on offense. Paul George, you know, he's got a lot to prove this year to uh, to step up. But And you got to remember the Nets are going to be, I'm sure, key players in the buyout market. So, you know, players like JaVale McGee can get bought out. You know, you know decent role players can get bought out to fit in on their team too. So I, the team they have now would not be the team they have in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. When we see the final evolution of how these teams are, it'll be a lot easier to gauge against each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, so I'm I can't wait. That. I can't wait. Same, same. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Before I let you go here, Will, I got to ask you, what have you, if, you know, reading, watching, NBA-related that you kind of want to recommend? It's the end of the week. We got to get those things out there for the people. Yeah, Um. really? I, I really not much this week. I'm telling you, my two kids have been oh, man. taking every minute of my day. <laughs> and it's like, 
when, as soon as I get a minute, you know, I try to watch a little basketball, or whatever. I was like, hey, look, it's basketball on TV, basketball. <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't been, <laughs> I haven't been watching much so far. But the kids have been watching a little basketball with me. How about you? Hey, you know what? That is a nice story. I'm glad to hear it. You're fostering that love early. You know, the payoff yep, is gonna yep. be rich. Uh, you have a nice uh, basketball watching family. That's gonna be fun. Uh, I, I read uh, a couple things. Well, two things really. One, um, you know, everyone, if you know about the Pacers, you you follow NBA Twitter. Uh, the great Caitlin Cooper, she wrote a piece on uh, Karis LeVert's on-ball utility, uh, how that fits, especially uh, kind of juxtaposing that against uh, Victor Oladipo's role uh, in Indiana. So that was an interesting read. I highly recommend that. I'll keep the links in the podcast notes. And then uh, my old friend Josh Cornelison from a couple years back. Uh, we've had we've had a couple of uh, podcast appearances we had a youtube show going on for a bit but uh he wrote a nice piece on the hoops habit breaking down the nets new starting five and how that comes together and he also has some classic uh josh humor in there so shout out to josh as well so i'll have both of those links as um into the notes as well but the, both of those were really interesting kind of fun articles that were on you know you everyone's talking about brooklyn and houston and everything but Karis Levert's on-ball fit is nice, especially the way that Cooper really gets down into the breakdown. It's really cool. And then Josh with the Nets, another fantastic read. So aside from that, the the podcast, too many to really name. Uh, I will shout out to Premium Hoops. I do a little work with them. They came up with their um, kind of initial reaction pod to the trade, and it was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it. There's a plethora of trade reaction podcasts. So, I mean, I listen to all of them. Yeah. I don't think you should pick and choose. Listen to everyone, but definitely put premium hoops on your radar. But that's what I've been reading, listening so far. Uh, you know, not having uh, two kids, I guess, opens me up a little more time, my friend. But I, know get, <laughs> I know you get after it. Right. And I mean, you know, I listened to a couple podcasts, but I didn't want to shout out the competition on the show. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I know what you mean. Listen, <laughs> I tell everyone it's all love. You know, I, I, right. I, I, I need to believe that there's enough in the pieces of pie for everybody. <laughs> right, right. I need to believe that. So I try to foster that on. But um, but I'm with you, man. I appreciate the love, bro. <laughs> oh, Sorry man. All about about it. And speaking of that, the Hoopball Nets podcast had a great reaction. Uh, Fantasy NBA Today got you covered from a fantasy perspective. They also did a live show uh, with Dan Bespris and the podfather Aaron Bruski. So definitely make sure you check that out for sure. Um, We have a lot of great pods. And you can't forget the Hoopball uh, Discord channel. All the content going on there, especially from the fancy side, it would behoove me to do some better uh, listening of what's going on over there because uh, (laughs) your boy is just fading fast. But yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. I need to thank you again, bro, for coming on. I'm excited, as always, to have you, and I can't wait to do this next week. Oh, thank you so much again, Corbin. Always great to be on. Glad to cover it. I mean, it's so many angles we could have went with this trade. We could have talked all night, but I think we did a good recap of it, and I appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, of course, man, always. We'll, we'll get right back after the end of the next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, Y'all already know it's Will Harris. Follow him on Twitter at WilliamIsBill. Y'all know where to find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA, HoopBall, Hoop-Ball.com. On Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Please make sure to check all of those out. We greatly appreciate it. As far as Round Ball Rambling is concerned, yes, it's the facelift of NBA today. Definitely rate, review, subscribe. I'd appreciate it. Do me a lot of love. Give me some feedback because I will take it. Just You give it to me and I'll take it. That's the partnership, I promise you. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, for Will, for myself, <laughs> We frosty, y'all stay frosty, and you know what? We'll talk to y'all real soon. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. This has been a hoop ball presentation.